episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. The podcast of the spare ribs. <laughs> the spot podcast of the birth of the beast. Of the Ash Mountain. Episode 83, birth of the beast. <laughs> this, that's a joke on 83. This is episode 4, the birth of the beast. It is episode 4, birth the, the birth of the beast, part 4. Yeah. Right. This is taking longer to get through than I thought. Yeah. But uh, that's it. Hey, look. Listen, you people were... The people want the deep dives. The people yeah. are getting... Uh, they're getting the they're getting super deep dives. Yeah, so I spent a long time digging all this up. So I'm hoping people are finding it interesting. We've gotten some feedback. Yeah, it's all been good. So that's good. Even if there's a few people there, you know, big Paul Karens or Terry Wapram fans that are getting yeah. a kick out of I mean, this. You know who isn't? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, um, well, I suppose before we dive in, we'll grab a beer in a minute. But when we left off last, it was just after. They recorded that demo. The Space Word Studio yeah. demos, right. So the yeah. band is Dave Murray, yeah, Paul Cairns, Paul Diano, Doug Sampson, and Steve Harris. Yeah. That's okay. the lineup that they record these the first demos that they record. The Space okay. Word Studio demos. And that's yeah. in New Year's Eve nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. So for all the people that are listening there to give you context, this is all these are we're, we're reviewing all of the detail in the band before the release of Iron Maiden. Right. Which, well, we'll talk up to it, but we'll we'll deal with that separately. Right. When this episode's yeah. done, we should be right up to just before the first album comes out. Yeah, that's right. And then we're going to take a break and do like an episode about where we just do catch up on some Maiden news and stuff. Yeah. And then we're going to get right into the first album, Iron Maiden, the self-titled. Nice. So... Nice. We kind of had a few episodes there. The Maiden video games one. Yeah. That Paul Diano episode, which was really fun. I had fun doing that. Yeah. Um, but we had a few there where, and there was that one episode where we got off on like total tangent all the place. Yeah, which yeah. we kind of got away from the Maiden. So now we're like hardcore into Maiden history and into the first album. So it's just Maiden, Maiden, Maiden now for like a couple of months. Yeah, there have been there have been a few episodes that we've done. Yeah. That have totally changed my perspective. Obviously, Blaze. Oh yeah, blow me away. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Blaze fan. Yeah, the Yannick stuff, huge appreciation. Yeah, when we did yeah. the Yannick episode, I think I changed a lot of people's minds, and they were kind of like, "Oh, oh yeah, time. I didn't realize how much you wrote and how many awesome." Probably that mix you did is one of my favorite pieces on the show. Adrian made me realize what an amazing musician he was. Oh yeah, gave me a whole perspective. Actually, it wasn't the Adrian episode because that was a while back. It was the recent ones where we started. We did no prayer. I start to view the kind of the dark nineties and the blaze. The challenges there, those four episodes, is really the absence of Adrian. It's yeah. an angle to look at it, yep. as much as the lead singer and the time. Yeah. The Paul episode is the one episode that that's ruined Paul for me in a bit. <laughs> you know what? And it, we're, we're prepping steady build for Iron Maiden. I mean, you know, know the album inside note anyway. Yep. Um, although it's never been one of my favorite albums, I'll be honest. Uh, but we'll we'll get into that. I in think the amount yeah. I've been listening to it now to do. Yes. Because I've been listening to the songs and like picking them apart and making clips and stuff. Yeah. I think it's my favorite Maiden album now. Is it? The first Iron Maiden album. Man, I, I find the more I'm listening to it, there's... Oh, Paul, I, you, you ruined it for me. <laughs> Paul's the, awesome. Uh, just because he like... I just know, remember all those oh, stupid yeah. clips. His denim jumpsuit. Oh, sponsored by Wayne. Yes, yeah. and his one arm gone. I'm like, I'm a badass punk rocker. And then I think about like Summertime or whatever it yeah, was. He had a few missteps like, there when he went solo in london thing you know oh god but then he gets steps? super heavy after that like yeah. anyway we're there was some another tangent stuff. yes <laughs> anyway the let's Paul. get into this beer yes and then we'll do a recap so maiden right now is dave murray paul cairns paul diano doug Sampson, steve harris they just finished recording this space word studio demos yes new year's eve 1978 yeah i tried to shine some light on like paul cairns because he's like a forgotten member of Maiden. Yeah. But he recorded on these demos. We played some of his uh, guitar solos. Now we're kind of, you know, Maiden has these demos. Yeah. And that's where we're going to pick it up. That would actually, if you were to ask, I would say the har- most hardcore are Maiden fans. If you were to ask them, name the lineup on the Sanders tapes. I bet you most people wouldn't get it. Very few. Yeah, I think a lot of people wouldn't know Doug Sampson. Yeah. And I think almost no one would know Paul Karen. And I, I thought Stratton was on there. Yeah, nope. I would have thought. Just, just... Not only that, there's another guitar player. In... <laughs> I'll, I'll get into that is now. No... We go oh, through. we're going to yeah. do it. All right, should we talk about the beer? Yep. 81 Bay Brewing Company. 
I brought Tampa, this one back Florida. from my Florida trip, and the it's been in my fridge yeah. all this time. The Florida trip keeps living on. We keep hearing it. It's <laughs> one trip to Florida, and uh, well, you go down every year. I brought an extra suitcase to bring craft beer back. Yeah, and uh, this is this is what the first one we're doing, isn't it? Or is it second or have we done another one? It's the first one from Florida that I brought back from Florida. Yeah. We did had one from I think North Carolina that I brought back. Anyway, it's got hops in orange color. Right. Hops in orange color. It's called the Sun Viking IPA. I'm right. guessing this is Citronella hops <laughs> for listening to prog rock. So it's music. 81 Bay, Tampa Bay, Florida. Yeah. 81 Bay Brewing. Yeah. If only we had a clip. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. A little quicker on the clips next time. That's <laughs> Slow on the draw. Don't don't let don't let me down here. Oh wow, that smells good. It smells really good. Ooh, nice. Did you have this down there? I did. Your pre-screening beers? <laughs> it's good. It's pretty good, but it doesn't blow me away. I remember it mm. being better when I had it down there. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was the sun. What was it? Maybe and the a, pool. Yeah, maybe I was sitting next to a pool uh, in the heat on vacation. Yeah, this That's is good. pretty good, though. Yeah. I remember it being more flavorful. Yeah, it's a nice bitterness to it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not particularly, you know... Not super hoppy. Yeah. That's pretty good, though. It's all, it tastes more like a pale ale than an IPA. I think I mentioned it a couple of podcasts back, but um, there's a new brewery here, and we'll do some of their beer soon. Yeah. Their sour is yeah. off the charts. Okay. So this beer is, is excellent. All right. Yeah. All right. Back to the Maiden. So okay. what's the lineup now? Just, okay. just a refresh. Okay. So just a re- yeah. refresh. Dave Murray and Paul Cairns, Paul Diano, Doug yeah. Sampson, and Steve Harris. Okay. All right. Yeah. A Samson, yep. Murray and Harris, and two Pauls. Two Pauls, yeah. A pair of Pauls. A lot of Pauls. A lot of Pauls going on. So we already went through Paul, Mary O'Day. Yeah. We got Paul Cairns. Yeah. Paul Diano. Yeah. Eventually Bruce Dickinson, whose name is Paul Dickinson. <sighs> Paul Dickinson. So That's lots right. of Pauls going on. Lots of Pauls. Pauls. So we're going to start January 6th, 1979. Yeah. Steve Harris gives these tapes the demo his demo tape yeah. to neil k yeah so he's a dj at this club called the bandwagon which later on became the heavy metal sound house he yeah. renamed it there's a, oh, there's a funny story that i read in an interview with uh i can't remember all the details but i read an interview with neil k he seemed to know a lot about like heavy metal music so he got the job as the dj they're playing pop music five days a week and metal one day and then one day they were closed they something happened with like underage people coming in drinking mm. and they had to go to court and it turned out that the underage drinking was mostly on the pop nights and there was almost none on the metal days whatever night they had the metal music so the judge mm. kind of like gave him a slap on the wrist and he's like strongly recommended that they like stick with the metal but he basically turns the place into this like heavy metal bar yeah where they're just playing you know, heavy metal music all the time. Because there wasn't really any outlet for heavy metal music anywhere. So this was like the place. He was very influential because bands were always giving him demo tapes to play at the Soundhouse. Yeah. Like at the time, there was virtually no radio play for metal at all. So metal fans finally had a place to go to listen to metal. Sounds Magazine, they did a story on the Soundhouse. And they told him he should keep a chart, a weekly chart based on the requests that he's getting from people in the bar or in the club. Um, and they, they print it. So he used to keep track of the requests and he did like a top 10 or top 20. I can't remember. And he would provide it to sound and they'd print it every week. So it's kind of this like metal chart done by him based on requests. So Steve Harris gives him the demo tape. So he falls in love with this tape. He plays it all the time. He plays Prowler and Iron Maiden like regularly and they go right to the top of his charts that they print. So he's playing this version of Iron Maiden. Where 
So that's the these are the demos that they recorded yeah. that they gave to Neil Kay. And he's playing them all the time. The sound not the sound has tapes yet. They're just the demos. They're it's the demo the tape. Demo. Yeah. But you know, it's funny when you tee it up this way. In the context of he's had so many demos that are in high quality. That sounds great. Oh yeah, it's, it it's awesome. all about the context, right? Yeah. And then. Man, the pacing on that feels so slow, even though I know it's not that much It's slightly slower, slower but, but it it's feels so it, slow. Yeah. And so many transitions and things are just yeah. different. Yeah. Like, and even the vocals. It's a very cool version. I love yeah. this version of... That's actually really crisp sounding. Yeah. 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 So, February 1979. So, this lineup plays their first show, their first gig with Paul Diano. They picked up Paul and they rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed and they did these demos. They still hadn't played a live gig yet. Wow. So Paul had never played live before nope. they recorded this stuff. Right. Wow. So finally, February, they play their first gig with Paul with this lineup. Yeah. Uh, Steve Newhouse's book, uh, he says Paul Diano's first show was at the Bridge House, February 15th, 1979. Yeah. You read a lot that it was the Carton Horses or the Ruskin Arms. I'm going to go with Steve Newhouse's take. He was like there through the whole thing. Yeah, and he said it and up he, too. Right? And he's pretty uh, accurate yeah. with all the stuff. So Maiden hadn't played live at, for months at this point. Uh, they'd been practicing and rehearsing, and they recorded these demos. But this is the first gig. So they advertise this show. They have all these posters, and it says, The Prodigal Sons Return. And this is Doug Sampson, Paul Diano, and Paul Cairns' first live show with Maiden after five months of rehearsing and recording. Wow. So three of the people here, have, this is their first gig. In February. February 15th, 1979. Wow. So April 1979, Paul Cairns leaves. Uh, he had back problems. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but he was in the hospital. Um, he says he couldn't perform 100% anymore on stage, and he kind of like bowed out. He didn't get fired or anything. He just, he had back problems. So May 1979, now we're going to go through a few more guitar players. <laughs> oh, wow. Paul Todd joins. Yeah. As a member of Maiden. He leaves a week later or two weeks later, depending on the source you read. Um, basically, his girlfriend didn't want him to be in the band. He never played a show. Yeah. Some people say he left after two days, even. But he's like a blip in Maiden history. But he was still technically the guitar player for Maiden. Was he the guy in the early year documentary where Harris was like, they went around his house to, to get him because he missed practice. And they went in and knocked on the door and he was there with his girlfriend. Yes, that's the guy. That's Paul the Tom. guy? So this is another Paul. Oh no. oh, no. <laughs> Paul Mario Day, Paul Cairns, Paul Diano, Bruce Dickinson, and Paul Todd. That's a lot of Pauls in a band. That's a lot of Paul. That must be a very uh, popular name back in, <laughs> huge, <laughs> in huge. England in the East. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are going to show up <laughs> any minute now. So around this time is when Rod Smallwood starts to take an interest in the band. Mm. So July 12th, 1979, Rod Smallwood, he goes to see Maiden... This is where Paul Diano is arrested for having a switchblade right before the show, He gets and he gets taken into jail. In his book, Paul says it wasn't a switchblade. It was some knife that he had from work or yeah. something in his pocket. I don't know what to believe when it comes from Paul Diano, right? So yeah. anyway, Maiden plays instrumental for this gig as a three-piece. Um, and Steve Harris, he yeah. sings a few songs. And then Paul Diano gets back, I think, in time for the last few songs or maybe for the encore he gets shows up. So that's their first show for Ron Smallwood. Doesn't go very good. Oh, God. But Ron Smallwood, he's still impressed enough that he goes to see them again July 16th, four days later. He sees the full four-piece Iron Maiden and decides mm. he's going to manage them. So it's Paul Diano, Dave Murray, Doug Sampson, and Steve Harris. Nice. So there's no second guitar player. But then they get a second. August 1979, they get Tony Parsons to join as a second guitar player. He answers an ad in the newspaper. And they're semi-stable for a while in 1979. So there's Paul Diano, Dave Murray, Tony Parsons, Doug Sampson, and Steve Harris. I feel like okay. I'm listing off lineup yeah. after lineup. Like, there's a lot of turnover here. There's a lot of turnover. So yeah. through this period, yeah. um, from the February when they started yeah. going, and now in July they've seen, they seen Rod Smallwood and, and like, you know, they're, they're turnover band members. But am I to assume that they're... This is their livelihood. They're pretty well steady playing. Yeah, they're gigging. Yeah, yeah. So like mostly cart and horses, that kind of area, and just you know beating around London trying to build up towards the yeah. first recording. Well, August nineteen seventy nine, they played yeah. ten gigs. They played twelve shows in September of seventy nine, thirteen in October, and fourteen in November. So wow. they're playing and gigging a lot. Um, so I have actually a clip of what they sounded like at this point. 
So this is from Camden Town, London. It's a clip from September 10th, 1979. Um, this is a clip of Drifter. And you can kind of hear how these songs, these early songs, they weren't quite final yet. Yeah. Like, this song sounds very different. It has, like, a swing to it. It doesn't have that, like... You know how Drifter has that, like, punk energy mm. to it? That's totally not here yet. feel to it though it does it doesn't have that energy it doesn't have that punk energy you mentioned yeah you know so that's with tony persons you know when i hear that i remember back to the early years documentary and i think back to those people that talking about the rough sound of the original iron maiden yeah and you know how some some people in the early years documentary lamenting how they moved away from it and and i hear that and it is rough and there's a lot of good stuff there and it's not polished it's not the studio album either it's not the studio recording, so still a ways to go before that, and the band's not finalized and all that stuff. But I also have to think, like, you know, whenever I hear it, whenever I look back at these early years, and people say things like, oh, they were better than they were better than... Like, describe yourself. And they'd be like, well, I was 21, 22. Yeah, the exactly. punk rock music scene. Because the guy in the early years, he was like, even by the time the Power Slave and all that, they had lost their sound. Like, how about Power Slave? Well, I was 28, and I had two kids, and I was working alone in trucks <laughs> for Sainsbury's. Oh, you don't think that influenced? You know? Like, yeah, totally true. It's so true, right? Like, the, yeah. those guys, the people that listen to that. It's like when you're in your teens and yeah. your 20s, oh, the man. music you listen to then just, like, it just gets in your brain. It gets locked in there. I know. It's so hard for me to get into bands now. I try hard, but yeah. take, I don't know. Yeah, I got. I know, I know. I heard uh, what was I heard a couple of our Lady P songs on the radio recently, and I pulled yeah. an old disc. I was like, man, these guys are awesome. But objectively, there is far better music. But it's just as soon as I put them yeah. in my brain, they're cool songs though. That song Birdman yeah. is my favorite. Well, it was it was Starseed was the song oh, I was rocking out to the yeah. other day. But um, it puts you back in that like you know. Oh yeah, certain songs they put yeah. me right back into like you're 22 when I was doing that and, summer. Yeah. yeah, and when you're when you're you know, you're at every single moment when you're that age, you're either just totally lounging around, laughing your ass off. High drunk, yeah, you have no or you cares have a boner, in the world, yeah. or some or some multiple combination of all those <laughs> things. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like totally true. It's such a yeah. you're not a care in the world. Yeah, like, file your taxes. Who cares? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> so that's Maiden playing that clip we played, Drifter. Yeah, um, had a bit of a different feel, but you can tell the songs are they're there. Like that's Drifter. It's not changed yeah, much, no. other than the speed and like the. Yeah, the, the timing's a bit yeah, different. The polish, really, you could argue. Even. Yeah, exactly. Is, so yeah. I have a version of, this is from September of 1979. Mm. And this is Wrathchild. And Wrathchild 2 is a lot slower, but it 
it's Wrathchild. It's Wrathchild. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't change much other than the intensity that they play the songs. You know, increases a bit. a lot slower it's like a slow plotting like yeah version yeah but like the song's there but it's just yeah one yeah. of my favorite songs yeah Rachel's great yeah i know unreal yeah that's that's good it's it, again though the pace it's yeah. almost like they went in the studio and you know it, they were paying full time so you those know, are both in 200 quid new year's eve oh yeah playing faster <laughs> yeah. yeah we gotta get these done so this is these are both from September 1979, those yeah. two. That's the earliest known bootleg that I could find. That might be that the earliest is. recording. Yeah. Other than the clips that I played on the earlier episodes, which yeah. are not complete. That's right. Like, not complete shows, but... Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Do you know what I was doing at this stage? What's that? I was gestating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was uh, one year old. No, I was three years old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was... What was that uh, Nirvana song we talked about there? No, in utero. I was in utero. (laughs) Anyway. There's also a bunch of earlier rehearsal tapes. Remember Mm. Thunderstick, Barry Perkis? No. The drummer? He was was a drummer. We went through him like an episode or two ago. Oh, God. So he claims to have a bunch of rehearsal tapes from 1977. Wow. And every now and then he'll release like a 10 second clip of it on YouTube, but it's just like you can't hear anything or it's the banter. And then as soon as the music stops, he fades out. I think he might have some of this older stuff, but he hasn't released any of it yet. Um, I saw, I got an interview here. Uh, it's, this is from the metal voice uh, and it's Thunderstick, Barry Perkis. And he says, there's no way I can go in and release them because I could imagine the full force of Iron Maiden's legal team would come down on me because the songs they're in contain Steve Harris compositions. However, I own the tape. I own my performance on that tape. However, I don't own the copyright of the songs. Yeah. So he claims to have like rehearsal tapes like a, year, a good year before this. Yeah. But I don't know. Oh, he could sell those for a penny. It's That's a tricky space. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it's not like a bootleg, but it kind of is. But it's a rehearsal tape that they did. Yeah, I, I think. And then the stuff that he's released has been very like. Yeah. I haven't seen any evidence that he has full rehearsal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't have the legal background, but I'm pretty sure he has the right to own the tape, but he doesn't have the right to reproduce it. Yeah, he probably yeah. can't sell it. For yeah, because sure. that would be copyright sub Iron Maiden. Yeah, he wouldn't be allowed to sell it. No, I he probably could if he paid royalties or something. I don't know. Perhaps how that works. Perhaps anyway. <laughs> yeah, or sold it as a private thing, like at auction, but not actually reproduced it for right. And then if people yeah. distributed it for free as a bootleg, that'd be cool. Mm. I've heard of people doing that before with like someone is auction is sell, auctioning off something expensive, yeah. and a bunch of fans get together, they buy it, and they then they just release, it. and then they just release it for nice. free to everyone. Anyway, made in nineteen seventy nine. This is another clip. This is a month later. This is live from the Ruskin Arms, October 5th, 1979. Yeah. So remember, this is Tony Parsons as the second guitarist and Doug Sampson on drums. <laughs> Thank you. 
So that's October 5th, 1979. Wow. Well, that's cool. You can hear the Dave Murray and Tony Parsons doing the dual guitar again. Yeah. And the band sounds... Like, the song is there. The band sounds... Yeah. You know, and they saved it at the end. Yeah. Because uh, when that started off, my, my take was going to be... I could sing that better in the shower. Like, oh, Paul, it just, yeah. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah. And it's a um, pretty bad quality. It's a bad recording. You know, the drums are out of it, but the uh, yeah, the guitar harmonies are really good. They, yeah, it's cool. Bad. And you can see you all can the, see songs. the songs. The songs are in place. Found the it sounds totally like me. Yeah. That's right. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. Possibly the best podcast in the world so october 24th 1979 they record two more demos so they go to manchester square studios so these are the manchester square studios demos not where is that manchester square studios in london yeah this is called manchester square studios yeah um they record sanctuary and wrathchild so that'd be used later on the compilation Metal for Mothers, which would be released in 1980 with okay. Tony Parsons on guitar. Oh, really? So there is released Iron Maiden with Doug Sampson and Tony Parsons on guitar. So they are like they have recorded and you know those rele- those demos are actually released. Okay, but Tony is new. Sampson was on the original demos in '79. Doug Sampson. Yeah. Yeah, and Doug Sampson. So on he's on both. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think of Tony Parsons and Doug Sampson, they weren't just like these guys that showed up and were no. maiden for a little while. They actually yeah. gigged and they recorded, and they were actually like with compilations up there of ma- with Maiden on them, yeah. with these guys playing on it. Yeah. So I have a version of uh, Sanctuary. This is from the Metal for Mothers compilation, and this is from these Manchester Square Studios demos, and these are pretty awesome demos. So give me sanctuary. totally maiden tony parsons playing on that the vocal effects and like the call and response thing that paul does in this is really different a lot more noticeable and there's no, remember there's a police siren on the album version that's like missing from here but there's a really cool version yeah it's an awesome version of the song yeah it's good and it's yeah it's interesting so those would be released on the middle for mother's compilation like five months later hmm but they're just recording the demos here, October 24th, 1979. 
Yeah, so they're paying to record their own demos, and then they put them off on a compilation. I assume yeah. they get paid. Yeah, well, the compilation. I'll get into that when. Yeah. When the metal from mothers, I actually have it here. When that oh, compilation cool. gets re- released, yeah, I'll get into that because that's not for like five months. Yeah, of maiden history. So it's it's fall '79, and they've done the Sandhouse tapes recordings. They've done these few demos. The lineup shifted a lot this year. They got Smallwood yeah. now. They're gearing. Yeah. They're gearing up. Right. So November, yeah. 1979, November yeah. 9th, the Soundhouse tapes is released. Okay. So Maiden releases this on their own label, Rock Hard Records. They print 5,000 copies. Yeah. 3,000 are sold in the first week. 3,000 are sold in the first week. So here's a clip of Prowler from the Soundhouse tapes. This is another one of those tracks they recorded during those demos from New Year's Eve. Yes, yeah, so this is no. This is November ninth released. So the Space Word Studio demos. Yeah. They package them and release them on vinyl. Yeah. As the Soundhouse tapes. I think that Soundhouse tapes version is like as good, if not better, than the one on the album. It's really cool. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just kind of sick of the album one. This one's kind of, kind of different to me. Yeah, it's new and interesting. But I love it. Yeah. It is yeah. super interesting. So so they printed 5,000, sold 3,000. They printed a, a Mon vinyl, 7-inch vinyl, for those yep. that don't know. Three of the four songs that were originally recorded right. back on New Year's Steve Eve. Steve Harris wasn't happy with Strange World, Yeah, so he left that one off. What are the three songs? Invasion. Invasion. Prowlers. Prowlers. Yeah. What's the other one? 
So actually, I have a copy of the Samhouse Chapes here. This one is actually the, uh, this is the bootleg, but you can look at the sleeve. So it says, yeah. Iron Maiden, Invasion, and Prowler. Okay. So Strange World didn't make the cut because Steve wasn't happy with the way it sounded. Okay. But also, yeah. they couldn't fit it on this anyway, could they? I think they could probably Could they fit a fourth track? Inside. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Seven inch? I'm Might sure they probably sense. could have. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the So times. this is... Right, this one here is the bootleg that I bought. I knew this was yeah. a bootleg when I bought it, but it was cheap, and I kind of wanted just to have a copy. Yeah. This one is the one that I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm very. Uh, I don't know. What's your yeah. fingerprints on this one? Yeah, I won't play it. <laughs> so that's a copy of the Soundhouse tape tapes. Um, actually, I'm going to read you what it says on the back. So Neil, they named it the Soundhouse tapes as kind of yeah. a tribute to Neil K. because he kind of broke them. Um, so this is what it says, uh, let me read this. Every so often one special band emerges from the mass of untried and unknown hopefuls which fill the streets of the rock world. Iron Maiden is just one such band, bringing with their emergence a style of rock music so hard, gritty, and honest in its delivery that only success can justify their hard toil. Mm. The tracks on this EP were first ever recorded by the band and are authentic, unremixed cuts taken from the demo tape recorded at Spaceward Studios in Cambridge on December 30th, 1978, and subsequent, subsequently presented to me in the Soundhouse a week later. After one hearing, it was obvious that Iron Maiden would become one of the leaders of present-day heavy metal, combining the sort of talent and hard drive that the music world must never ignore. Wow. So, yeah. Cool. So this is the highlight of my Maiden vinyl collection. Absolutely. It's pretty yeah, cool. I feel like I yeah. might put it in a frame and just stick it on the wall. Yeah, there's only 5,000 copies in the world. Because most of the time I have this like slid in between, yeah. like in this box that I got it here in. So how much is a mint condition, uh, do they exist? Like, oh, there's some mint ones on TV, on the internet yeah. that you can... There's mint ones for sale, you know. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot for like 666 pounds and stuff like that. Yeah. And so what's the, uh, like what's the best way to preserve a vinyl like this because if you put it in a i still am not sure <laughs> if you frame it yeah if you frame it you're gonna get sun damage right i know but then it's like am i gonna enjoy i bought this thing i'm and like i'm not getting enjoyment out of it by like putting it in like three different layers of sleeves and a cardboard box and like you yeah know, tucking away on my shelf it was up and i see it every day you know yeah and i mean i won't put it where the sun's gonna shine on it that's a pretty selfish view, man. Like, I've got to get this Iron Maiden Well, I think what I might do is yeah. put the actual, the real Soundhouse 45 yeah. in like a, a framed thing. Yeah. And maybe I'll put the bootleg jacket in the thing with it. So, Because yeah. the vinyl will be fine. Yeah. And again, it's not going to be near heat or sun. So. Yeah, and you could probably also frame it with the right glass that would keep most of the UV of it. Yeah, I'm sure there's ways yeah. to do it. I haven't looked into it. That was the plan, though, when I bought it. Yeah. It's funny when I bought it. I told the story on the podcast before. Yeah. I had and my checklist. Yeah. yeah. And I was in a coffee shop and I met a guy, a local guy, who has a yeah. huge Maiden fan, huge Maiden collection, too. Yeah. A lot of really, really cool stuff. And uh, yeah, so we're sitting in a coffee shop with him for like half an hour while I spun this like 45 every direction in the light and in the sunlight looking for like the run out grooves and matching yeah. it against my checklist for counterfeit stuff and he has another copy he does yeah. and even a better version yeah so mine is not uh two of them this before. copy is not you can tell see it's not in the greatest condition no but that's fine yeah and then i have this bootleg one that yeah. i can pull you know if i want to like take it up and play it yeah i have played this original one it sounds you know pretty good <laughs> yeah but it's cool it's like a maiden piece of history it so, is isn't it yeah it's unreal, but it, it also it, it it saddens me that it's all off a, a condensed cassette tape. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's funny because I just noticed reading these liner notes. It says the demo tape recorded at Spaceward Studios in Cambridge, December thirtieth, nineteen seventy eight, and subsequently presented to me in the Soundhouse a week later. But then Dave Murray said something about like they went back a few weeks later to try to do overdubs, and the tapes were recorded over. So. Wow. I don't know the timeline there. It seems a little weird. Seems weird, yeah. And you, you know, like with recording audio, there's an information density. Yeah. Like you can record them faster or slower and there's like... Well, that big studio reel-to-reel tape. Yeah. I'm sure that holds a lot more information than like the little cassette tapes, right? Of course. Yeah. 
So they lost a lot, of course. I mean, they had to. Yeah. Plus the analog to analog copy introduces signal noise. Crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I think the ultimate Maiden collectible would be the cassette tape that Neil K has. Because he says he still has it. Yeah? No. Yeah. He says he still has the original tape that, he, no. that Steve Harris gave him. Yeah. That How would, much be, would that be worth? I don't know, but that would be like the ultimate Maiden collectible. Yeah. Other than like Steve Harris's bass. <laughs> I can't think of anything that would be more... Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and they only made 5,000. They sold 3,000. They, you know, obviously they could have printed up more. I got a quote mm. from Steve Harris. Yeah, well, we were selling it mail order, and also uh, we were selling it at gigs. But um, there was only really 5,000 made at the time. We said it was like 15, you know, just to sort of you know, add a bit more to it. But it was actually only 5,000 ever made. And uh, mm. there were temptations to, a bit later on, to, you know, get rid of some more because people were asking from before no leave it leave it as like a collector's thing and then the real hardcore fans will be the ones that you know have got it wow. so he printed up 5,000 of them they sold like right away yeah and uh it, you know he's like as a collector's I don't we're not going to print up any more of them so they didn't do like a second run of them or anything they just like did this one off for the fans basically which I think is pretty cool that is pretty cool yeah yeah because so. you have one yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is the rarest made gnome. Like, the Soundhouse tapes, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. And I mean, I have right here, too, I didn't get into it yet, but I have the Metal from Mothers, but that's not very hard to find. No. I've got uh, Axe Attack Volume 1. It's like a compilation that Maiden was on. Mm. It was one of the first things they released. There's a whole bunch of these like compilations that they got on eventually after the first album, yeah. but these two came out before the first album. Axe Attack, so I have those, but they're... You know, you can pick those up on the internet for not very much. The Soundhouse tape's pretty rare. Pretty rare. So, yeah, that's my favorite part. There's lots of fakes out there, so beware. There's a lot of fakes. And there's a website, there's an Iron Maiden fan club magazine that has a whole guide to identifying fakes. Yeah. And a lot of the fakes are really hard to... But if you're making fakes, you'd read that checklist. Yeah, I suppose. That's a constant. possible. Yeah, you'd always be worried if you got a good one. Then again, you know, it's like a, you know... Uh, a child that's not yours that looks like you sometimes it doesn't matter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just go along with it and, you know if you enjoy it yeah that's true you know. I suppose so that's the Soundhouse tapes yeah so you know every Maiden fan knows the Soundhouse tapes or at yep. least heard of it or knows of it I mean I, I don't listen to it I mean yep. I don't have a copy of it and I have the few mp3s that, that we've got shared up on our cloud folder yep. it's not something I you know listen to a lot to be perfectly honest I forgot most of the songs were on it. You know, um, they're cool versions. They're yeah. cool versions. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, they're. I can understand physically owning it more so than having it in a playlist. Yeah, because uh, the studio versions are are that much better. Um, but so so we're here now. We've got Sandus tapes, and we can touch back on a little bit of reflection. It's awesome have them here with us. Um, like they're plural. The Sandus tapes, one seven inch or three tracks, but yeah. um. We've got, so just finished Soundhouse tapes. We've got right up until the Iron Maiden recording. We haven't even touched Dennis Stratton, which is interesting. Right. So he's about he to come in the band. Right? He hasn't even come in. We got a few other bits right. that they record. I think this is going to go into a fifth episode. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I. This is getting very uh, long and in depth. It is, it is. But we're clipping <laughs> it out and it's interesting. Yeah. And I want to do it right. And the other thing is, is, is by splitting it up, um, at least we get a good perspective on what's happening yeah. more so than just jamming it together. That's like, true. Yeah. Like we got finally got to focus on the Pauls. Right. Hold on. Let me put this Soundhouse tapes away because I'm uh, worried yeah. about the beer getting you spilled on it. <laughs> you don't want to get a little, actually my beer is, uh, is toast now pretty well. All right. It's safe in it. I, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that beer went really quick. Reflection on the beer. Mine's gone. Oh, that was good. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. It's it excellent. wasn't great, but it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. My, my favorite part was the alcohol. <laughs> I really love the alcohol in the beer. Yeah, good beer. Good. Uh, we get some good maiden talk. Good sound. I hope histories. people are getting a kick out of this uh, history of Iron Maiden. Yeah, the early stuff is is yeah. important. It's something I really mm. wanted to get into before we did the first Iron Maiden album. Yeah, because it would have been weird to do this and then you know jump back, but this leads right into the first album. So yeah, yeah, I'm interested in yeah. in the perspective of this. Given, I'm 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 expecting my. It's all going to change. I'm like I was saying. I'm a little off, Paul. Right now, it just doesn't oh, yeah. feel right. I don't <laughs> that that you know. Iron Maid's awesome. Yeah, the album's great. It's okay. the Paul I want to remember. Yeah, 
<laughs> but the the album we did threw me for a loop. Well, how did Tattooed Millionaire? Did that change how you feel about Bruce? Yeah, that's a funny one. Um, that album you didn't like at all. No, I, I liked it, it a lot. I, I just didn't it. like certain songs on it. That yeah. was like the No Prayer of Bruce, wasn't it? And I liked the uh, the Sarajevo documentary. It was amazing. Yeah, right? that was awesome. Yeah. You know, that was a good episode. So there's pros and cons. It's just Paul. I just I know towards the end of that episode, we were you know five beers in or whatever. <laughs> Um, he started to come back and it was good, but yeah. by then I was so lost. Yeah, that battle zone stuff was yeah. good, yeah. Yeah. And so, you, you sent me a Diano playlist and I listened to that. I've never listened to it since. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have no intentions. Some of those songs I like a lot. You would. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we were redoing this. I know yeah. it's going to take five, part five coming up. Yeah, part five. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But, well, we're uh, only doing it once. Yeah. We got to do it right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm glad because a year ago we mentioned a year ago yeah. we started to do this. You know, we it's were, a lot more detailed now. Yeah, I think it would have been about an hour and a half, but now we're getting like way deeper. I know. I didn't have any of these clips or any of these bootlegs. Yeah. I dug and dug and found a lot more information on all the stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, people are learning some stuff about our maiden. <laughs> they find it interesting. <laughs> not, not like learning, hitting the skip thirty seconds button. Yeah, you're like that. You're like that geeky teacher. Who's this? Which like, Paul are they on now? <laughs> which, which Paul? Yeah. Not only are you uh, enjoying Iron Maiden, you're learning. <laughs> yeah. We can all learn while we rock. <laughs> yeah. Talkingmaiden.com/slash/talk. Uh, go there and leave us a message if you want to be featured. We're going to do a recap. Any? If you have any strong opinions or any insights under the first Iron Maiden album, yeah, call in. Because we're doing that one soon. Yeah. Also doing an episode on Bruce's at Balls to Picasso episode yeah. soon. Yeah. Weak opinions are also welcome. Yeah. I can't wait for someone to return again. Hey, guys. I dec- kind of feel Decent like... podcast. I, I kind of like Iron Maiden. Have a nice day. They're pretty good. <laughs> that would be like the best <laughs> message ever. Iron Maiden are a decent band. Have a nice day. <laughs> so... Iron... You drink too much. <laughs> Talkingmaiden.com slash talk. Yes. Leave a message. That's right. I love getting these messages. I get an alert on my phone. I know. And I'm like, a new message. I know. You get so excited. <laughs> I do. I know. I love getting email. I love getting emails. Uh, Josh is doing the Facebook. I'm doing the Twitter. So get yeah. us there. I suck at the Facebook, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I reply to most stuff. If there's a message sitting there for a while, just realize that, hey, look, Josh is probably off having a yeah. beer. And I do email everyone back, but sometimes yeah. it takes a while. I love getting emails and getting in discussions. I had a few people recommend me some pretty awesome bands. Yeah, I keep I keep seeing them come through. Yeah. And Two uh, of the bands that I got emailed over the last couple of weeks, I went online and ordered their vinyl. Really? Yeah. I like them that much, so. Really? This is kind of like a reverse promotion, right? <laughs> it's like listeners writing in, selling you stuff. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> That's cool. Good stuff. That's awesome. All right. All right. Talking Maiden. Until next time, which is the... Uh, what is it? The birth, birth of, the of the beast, part five, coming up. Clue this up. Clue this up. Until next time, up the irons, down the hops. Yeah.